The year is 1893. We're on the island of Oahu. It's January, but still humid. All around, exotic birds chirp and sing. Unnoticed, a dispatch of marines, dressed in blue with their rifles on their shoulders, march toward an ornate building. The men suddenly stop. They raise their rifles high at a woman emerging from the building. She glides across the lawn in a large pluming dress, servants at her side. She doesn't look at the men, but makes her way through the lush foliage and into a nearby carriage. Quietly, a crowd begins to build, eyes on the soldiers. Amongst them is a man with a long, sharp, pearly beard. He watches the queen's carriage gallop away. His name is Sanford Dole, and he's come a long way from being the son of a missionary. In fact, he's the queen's replacement. I'm Zach Lovelace, and this is Circa. For our honeymoon, my wife and I chose a trip to Disney World. She'd never been, and it had been almost 10 years since I set foot in Orlando. My favorite park, Magic Kingdom, was just as great as I remembered it. It's got this aged feel to it, like riding a well-kept subway that's full of animatronics, and I have an inordinate love for animatronics. You can feel Walt Disney's vision swallow you up while you're walking around. One of the things Kate, my wife, brought up while we were at Magic Kingdom was the Dole Whip. So many people told her to have it, an ice cream-like treat from Aloha Isle in the Fantasyland portion of the park. It's Hawaiian-inspired, pineapple-flavored soft serve, yellowish in color, creamy and fruity at the same time. So of course, we had some. But as it often happens, the voice of my high school history teacher echoed in my head as I took lick after lick of this Hawaiian ice cream. Words like corporation, coup d'etat, and exile echoed in my brain. Of the 50 stars on the U.S. flag, Hawaii is the youngest. It assumed statehood in 1959, but had been a territory for over 60 years before that. Preceding American annexation, the island was ruled by a monarchy. The last member of this family, the Kalakalua family, was Lilio Kalani, a queen regnant, or a queen ruling, without a king. She was highly intelligent and devoted to her Christian faith, sister to the previous king, David, who was known as the Merry Monarch for his cheerful disposition and love for fun activities such as surfing, hula, and music. He died without an heir, leaving Lilio Kalani to take his place. The island itself was a haven for the sugar and fruit businesses of the day, pineapples being the primary export. In the early 1800s, sugar plantations sprouted up alongside pineapple farms, and by 1890, 75% of all privately owned land was owned by foreign businessmen. The businesses were so big, in fact, that the U.S. put specific taxes and tariffs on their exports to level the playing field with other companies. The sugar interests back home fiercely lobbied for these sanctions to be repealed, receiving money from what was known as the Big Five. These five companies, the H. Hackfeld Company, C. Brewer and Company, Theo H. Davies and Company, Alexander and Baldwin Incorporated, and Castle and Cook, 
or as they were later to be known as the Dole Food Company, controlled parts of banking, shipping, and storage on the islands. They hit the sweet spot of getting their employees dependent on their products and therefore losing little money in their production line. Because of this, they could drive prices up, which would drive the standard of living down. They cozied up with the Hawaiian ruling family, increasing their own importance by pushing the constitutional monarchy format of government. This allowed the businessmen to serve in the parliament and choke any oppositions to their growth from coming to fruition. The Queen's own cabinet held members who secretly pushed for their own agendas. Lilio Kalani was unaware of their allegiances until it was too late. Tensions had been high for years, with the new constitution being signed in 1887. This governmental change was forced at gunpoint upon King David, and therefore nicknamed the Bayonet Constitution. The offenders were all foreign businessmen eager to grab more power from the king. With its signing, the parliament grew more powerful, and they stripped the king of any of his veto powers. The men responsible, as you may have guessed, were all part of the Big Five. Sanford Dole, head of the Hawaiian Pineapple Company, was at the center of most of the maneuvering. He was a wealthy lawyer and judge, born in Honolulu to missionaries. He had been appointed to the Queen's Privy Council in 1891. That same year, the Queen tried to rewrite the Bayonet Constitution. Ever since the monarchy had been stripped of the veto power, they'd done little in the way of leading the country. So, Lilio Kalani's main desire was to restore that power. For weeks, she toured the countryside talking to natives and found that she had the highest support for this effort. Her cabinet encouraged her to promulgate her ideas into a reformed version of the Constitution. But when the time came, the day it was announced there would be a new Constitution, her cabinet backed out of signing it. The newspapers spun it to sound like she had attempted to overthrow the parliament and soon, favor back on the coast, was going sour. The new provisional government had one enemy back in the States, the newly elected Grover Cleveland. President Cleveland directly tried to help reinstate Lilio Kalani, seeing the coup for what it was, saying, the military demonstration upon the soil of Honolulu was itself an act of war. He immediately ordered an investigation into the takeover. He chose retired Representative James H. Blunt from Georgia to look into the events, and not surprisingly, Cleveland found all of those responsible guilty of treason. But, and this is a big but, when presenting his plan to reinstate the queen, he asked for amnesty on behalf of the new president of Hawaii, Sanford Dole, and his conspirators. But Lilio Kalani gave an unconditional refusal to that plan. In the meantime, friends of the business elite in Hawaii, members of Congress, demanded their own investigation. And of course, the agenda prevailed. They found the coup to be perfectly justified under a tyrannical Hawaiian monarchy. They stated that American lives were in danger, and so the invading U.S. troops needed to be there to prevent any violence. The queen was then arrested, held in her palace. President Cleveland was swiftly neutered of his efforts to free her, especially now that she was labeled the true enemy. Her only hope was dashed along the rocky terrain of Congress, and its ruling corporate interests. In the end, Hawaii was annexed to the United States purely for money. 
The wealthy elite of the islands, Dole included, conspired to join the Union so as to skirt the tariffs that were imposed on the Hawaiian goods. The Hawaiian Food Company, or simply Dole as it's now known, grew exponentially after this. The corporation had won. They had beaten the only legitimate government in Hawaii and instated their own. Hawaii is an amazing case study on politics, cultural tensions, and foreign policy. But out of all of it, I think Queen Liliokani would warn us. Careful who you let represent you, who you trust, or you'll wind up with the ground beneath you sold to the highest bidder. Thank you for listening, and a special thanks to the Rose Ensemble for this lovely rendition of Aloha Oi, which was actually written and composed by Lily Okani during her imprisonment. Circa is written and recorded by me and produced by The Bento Block. I've launched a Patreon alongside the project to start building support for the show. If you'd like to support the show as well as enjoy perks like getting each episode a few days early, behind-the-scenes content, or upcoming merch, check out the link in the description. Stay tuned for next week's episode, and remember, you are history. History.